Concepts for Living. Welcome to Concepts for Living. Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. Concepts for Living can change your life today. Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living. Biblical principles for contemporary living. You know, we would be blessed if we could be like the sons of Issachar. Issachar, one of the Jewish tribal leaders. His tribe was identified as those who understood the time and knew what Israel should do. It's a blessing to know that God is always up to something. By the way, that's my theme for this message. God is up to something for His glory. Stay tuned and be blessed. The first thing that we need to enunciate is that this portion of this first chapter in Paul's epistle to the Corinthian church, it is shot through with the theme of ambiguity. It's, it's so much said in those verses that is ambiguous. The expressions are revealing the contrariety of of, 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 of how we think and how God thinks and how our ways are not God's ways. Our thinking might be on a logical line, just like Stephen Olford, the great uh, homiletician, put it. He said that, that whenever God speaks, he follows a logical line. But God's logic is not our logic. In other words, it's got to, it's got to, it's got to connect. But, but by the same token, it's not connected the way we connect things. Stay with me. So there is a lot of ambiguous expressions. Things that seem inconsistent with our logical thinking and reasoning. How God operates is different to the way we operate. God will permit some things that look like will hurt you only to help you. God will shut some doors that we remain at the closed door, not knowing he's only shutting that door so he can open up another door. But if he would just open another door, that would be better. God, are you going to open the door for me? Yes, here it is. No, what God does, he shuts off so that he can open up. That's why we need to understand sometimes when it looks like he's deserted us, he hasn't. What he's doing is he's turning his back on what was so that we might see his face in what he's about to do. Not of ambiguity. Things that seem strange, illogical. And so as we look into the passage, we're going to come upon 
what I would refer to as the situation. The situation. And let me just explain it to you. Paul is over in Ephesus. And he's been there ministering. And in the midst of his ministry, some of his companions who went to Corinth and visited the church in Corinth, come back from Corinth, and they relate to Paul the condition of the church. And the condition that they describe is a condition of division and contention. Yes, Paul, we went, and this is what we saw. This is what we heard. This is what we witnessed. And this formed the situation for the message this morning. Because what they found was that the, the, the brethren, if you, if you read in the earlier verses of this ch first chapter, you'll see that they're referred to as the brethren, the brothers, or the people of God, the brethren. And amongst the brethren, there was contention. And there was division. And it disturbed Paul to the extent that Paul addresses the issue. Because these are the brethren. This is the church. These are the people of God. Yet, there is contention. And division. And Paul is disturbed by it. To the extent that Paul now addresses it. Because there were those that made up the crowd in that church. Made up the fellowship in that church. Made up the body of Christ in that church. But you had the Jewish legalists who came out of the law and, and accepted Jesus Christ now as Lord. Then you had the Greeks who were there and they are very much bent toward intellectualism. They are bent toward the sophisticated approach to issues and to conditions. They are the Greeks. So you got the Jews and the Greeks. The, the Jews are the legalists and the Greeks are the, the, the intellectuals. So what they're doing now is pitting themselves one against the other. Every church is made up of individual people. And individuals don't fully understand that you can have your individuality as a person. But when you become a part of the body of Christ, there is no longer that individualism more important than the unity of the body of Christ.
You know, we always have three points to our messages. The points for this message, the situation, the consideration, and the rationalization. Stay tuned and be blessed as you will see unfolding the fact that God is up to something for his glory. Say, thank God the situation has been addressed. Now, the consideration. Look at verse 26. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. When the Holy Spirit began to open this thing up to me, listen to this. I'm reading from the Amplified Version, by the way. For simply consider your own call, brethren. Not many of you were considered to be wise according to human estimates and standards. Not many of you, what's this now? Influential. And powerful, not many of you, high and of noble birth. You see your calling, brethren. What we have failed to understand is that God has his church made up of different congregations. God has different congregations with different divine agendas. God has different congregations when put together, they represent his body, his church. But every congregation does not have the same call, the same assignment. So what God does in this consideration, we gotta, we gotta get it right. That means we, we have to, you know, we, 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 we have to be careful that we understand what God is up to. Because what God is do, getting ready to do is intentional. God intended to do this. That's why he called you. Because you hold a place in God's overall will that's necessary. But when you try to be like me, or I try to be like you, or I copy another congregation way over there, and leave this congregation and jump to that congregation, come out of that congregation, jump over to another congregation, you don't understand, you're messing up God's strategy. Because God has a strategy to reach the world, and he does it by giving each congregation a specific agenda. So you see your, let me, let's read it right. So you see your calling, brethren. Yours is different from what's happening in Crete. Yours is different from the congregations in Thessalonica. Wow. They are different. Let's give God praise that we are who we are. 
and stop trying to be like them over there. You don't have that agenda. The agenda for this house. The agenda for this house. Supernatural manifestation. That's why it's so hard. It's because when he breaks. When he breaks. When he breaks. You're going to see. That yokes will fall off people. God said, this is your congregation. You're different from the other places. You have to understand that. And if you don't, you're going to be copycatting. God chooses who he uses. God chooses who he uses. Now what God has done here, and that's why I talk about the ambiguity. It's ambiguous in the sense that what God does is he chooses to operate a certain way. So the people you least likely would call. Or or the one who will say, yeah, but we're not doing what everybody else is doing. No, not. I just got a call this morning sitting in my office about this. From another country. How they know that? How they know where I'm going? God told me to tell you. That your congregation is vital. And said some other things. That make us unique. We are unique. We are unique. In the will of God. But it doesn't make us better than any other congregation. It doesn't make us that we're higher than any other congregation. You just got to know the congregation. You see your calling, brethren. I met with a top musician a few days ago. He sat here and I sat here. He has a symphonic orchestra. He has, he, he, I mean, he's... Blew my mind. He said, you know, I remember you when I was a, a little fella. Now, look at what God has done with me. He said, but I stayed in place. And now God has opened up big doors for me. But I haven't forgotten where I came from. That's why I'm going to do this for you. I said, well, I'll call you. No! Don't you call me. I'm going to call you. When you understand the anointing on this house, you ought not to be disturbed that when you walk into a shop, something goes ahead of you. When you leave, something is left behind you. Now, I don't know what's happening in other congregations. All I know is there's an anointing on us. There is an anointing on us. 
and I can't afford to let you frustrate God's strategy. Because God's strategy is that he's not going to take the strong to bring them down. He's going to take the weak to bring down the strong. He's going to take those who you least would have expected to use them in a mighty and majestic manner. That's why right now, I think you need to get identified with truly who you are. Because if you know who you are, you won't be popping here and popping there and running here and jumping there and saying this and doing that. You won't be doing that. Because you know you're unique. God wants to show some stuff. What God wants to do is show you he wants to use you in such a way so that when it's done nobody will question only God could do that well as always it's a privilege and it is indeed a blessing to be able to bring you a word in season and to let you know that right now God is up to something something supernatural something extraordinary God is up to something so that he may get the glory God is up to something so until next time and I shall come to you with more biblical principles for contemporary living may God bless you and yours concepts to Concepts for me.